Hello and welcome to Not So Molly Mormon podcast. Welcome back, you guys. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. Welcome to our show. (laughs) Welcome to our show where we talk about being an ex-Mormon. I just love that I automatically go back to that voice every time. So soothing. So relaxing, (laughs) Katie. It's our sermon time. It's sharing time. <laughs> it's sacrament meeting, and we're having our own fast and testimony. Oh, I did not fast. I have definitely eaten today. So yeah, me too. Me too. Um, so welcome, you guys. Just as a little pre-announcement, we are going to take a little break for the holiday season. So you won't hear from us in like what is it two weeks? that we're off or um I think two yeah yeah so sorry guys but take this time to search ponder and pray just kidding (laughs) um yeah have a lovely Christmas we'll say it again at the end but have a nice time with family and loved ones or whatever the fuck you want to do you just do you and enjoy the next two weeks so yeah cool well what are we talking about today Sarah Whoa, I think this is the fastest we've ever jumped into a topic before. All those haters who left comments about me chatting too much, go to this episode and listen to this one. We're going to reference them to this one so they know (laughs) it can be done. We can start right on it. (laughs) We can start on time and be efficient. Um, (laughs) But really, on one other extra note, thanks for the... The few new reviews we have, you guys, oh, was really sweet and touching, and it was really nice to hear, because, you know, you see the negative ones, and you're just like, mm-hmm. ugh, why do people even put one star if they hate it so much? Just don't comment at all. And then we see your lovely ones, and it's just, it's really nice. So thank you for the support, and as always, thanks to our Patreon members and your support, and just everyone in our little nice community. We love you guys. So yeah. thanks. Yeah, you make it all worth it. It's great. You do. Okay, so our topic today, Katie, I don't know why I'm introducing it, because as usual, Katie has done the preparation and the work for it, and I'm just here. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) our topic is faith. Faith, and not Faith Hill. It is. No, although I wish. I love her. (laughs) She is a baby. I think that's the name of the, the episode, Faith but not Faith Hill. <laughs> All right, I got it. <laughs> um, yeah, so this is a big topic, and I feel like Katie and I will probably come back to this topic multiple times because there's just no way we can cover it in 45 minutes. Like, it's the basis of most religions, if not all, but really in Mormonism. It's a lot of... You don't ask questions, you don't research, you don't do anything, you just have faith and believe. Yeah. Um, Which, again, is not, you know, special to Mormonism, but I feel like with the whole not researching outside the church, you know, ignoring those feelings you have in your stomach that you know it's not right, you just have to replace it with faith. Um, Yes. Yeah. And it's, yeah, like you said, it's much more intense. Well, I guess I can't really speak for anyone else, but I would imagine that in the Mormon church and in more fundamental churches like like the LDS church, they rely on faith 
it's it's the sole way that people believe is through faith. Um, whereas in a lot of other religions, they're allowed to like you know, study evolution or like look outside at other sources, you know, but in the Mormon church, you can't look at anything that's not approved by them. So exactly. And you can't, I think another element of it as well is that in the Mormon church, you go and you do these like sacred ceremonies and rituals in the temple that you're not allowed to discuss outside of the temple and with you can't discuss it with people who haven't also gone through the temple. Yeah. So all of these questions and doubts and concerns you have, you just have to keep telling yourself, have faith. Like, or that's the answer that everyone gives you is have faith. Have faith or you don't have enough faith if mm-hmm. you're, if you're doubting. Um, yeah. Cause faith is um, by definition, a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of a religion based on spiritual apprehension rather than proof. And um, this reminded me of when I was, when I was a Mormon, I'm sure you recognize this, but they say that faith is a hope for things which are not seen, which are true. (laughs) But to me, it's so silly because um, if things aren't seen, why would you have to hope in something if it's true? You know, yeah, it's like exactly. the, the whole point of faith is that you 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 don't know if it's true or not. It cannot be proven. <clears throat> oh my god, that's actually a really good point. Almost like a mind blowing moment for me. Like, wait, oh, that's so true. I didn't. I never thought of it that way. Like, you don't really have to hope for something if it is true. If it's a known fact, then why would you need to hope for it? <laughs> But I also I'm I'm just thinking about what faith meant to me because you know I'm always thinking about just me, um, and <laughs> I for me it was always this element of like being the more faithful you were it was also attributed to like how much hardships you've gone through and how much of a martyr you are for you know continuing to press forward with faith and like. You know, if you were the most faithful woman, then like you are so righteous and you were above all. And like, so again, it's the sense of like you're better than others. And especially in the Mormon church, it's like, oh man, that person went through so much hardship and she still remains faithful. Like she's the best Mormon, you know? So it's like this idea of like the more faithful you are, the higher up you are, and the more righteous and glorious and worthy you are and blah 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 but if you like start to question it or not have faith then you're like kind of cast to the side of like you know those slightly curious (laughs) and unrighteous Mormons yeah and you know that's really troublesome because that just made me realize that this concept of faith having faith what it does is it it makes that person blindly follow whatever their leaders, whatever the church has told them. And when they start to doubt or have their own thoughts that might be different from what the leadership has told them, they're afraid of those thoughts and they're afraid of those doubts and they don't trust themselves. So they just go back to being, you know, quote unquote, faithful and they're rewarded for being, you know, faithful, obedient, gullible, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're penalized and punished for having doubt and 
being um, skeptical of things, which is really troublesome because that's how, you know, you will get away with a lot of stuff if you treat someone like that. That's manipulation yeah. and abuse, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, every principle in the Mormon church and everything like your your the temple worthy questions and all of that always goes down to faith. So like that's it's actually again it goes back to the theory we both have that like the Mormon church is just brilliant when it comes to marketing and in terms of like creating this company, this corporation that produces so much money cuz all they have to tell people is to never question it, never research and always have faith. Like oh, yeah. anything. Yeah. I mean Katie and I were just talking about earlier, and I'm sure everyone has seen this article that came out in the Washington Post that's talking about, you know, the Mormon church um, not using all of their tithing money towards charitable donations and how actually they're putting in, what was it, a billion out of the six billion or something. I'm not good with numbers, but um, (laughs) or remembering facts. So just read the goddamn article. Um, but <laughs> it was like, I think it was actually like hundreds of billions, which is mind blowing. Yeah, that's what they profited. Do... Oh, right. Oh, right, right. And then yeah. they only donated, I think it was only, um, 40 million, right. In, um, in charitable donations. crazy number like Anyways, that. And then they, yeah, sorry, we don't donated... have our, right. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I was just gonna say, and then they just like donated the rest of the money into, their businesses like Deseret, like Enzyme, like all those church companies that people pay for their memberships or pay for their literature and their doctrine and all that shit. Um, those CTR reams that we used to wear, like all that stuff. And okay, yeah, side, they were- note, side note, that CTR ring. I had a legitimate dream last night that I was wearing a CTR ring and it was a nightmare, you guys. What? <laughs> That just flashed back. I was wearing one of the old ones, like the one of the green background ones. And oh I, my god, that's so traumatizing. Troubling. Anyways, continue. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's traumatizing. Worth bringing up. Um, yeah, but and so basically, so they these reports came out that showed that the Mormon Church was making like billions of dollars off of the tithing money that people are putting in and then they're just reinvesting it into their companies. It's yeah, yeah. mental, but they get it. You're like the members are brainwashed by using this faith thing. Like there are so many talks at general conference. There are so many lessons in Sunday school, so many sacrament talks that, that discuss how you have to pay tithing and you do it because you have faith that the Lord will provide a way that if you pay 10% of your income, each month that the Lord will provide a way for you if you just have faith. Like, and I used to think that same shit all the time. Although in the back of my head, I think I always knew that it wasn't faith or it wasn't the Lord providing the way. We've talked about this multiple times. Mm-hmm. It was just the fact that I could, I was privileged, a white woman who grew up in a middle class family. Like I could contact my parents if I was ever screwed over. You know, there was no God yeah. being involved. It was just pure white privilege. Like, that's all it is, you know, right. and coming from, and, and so I think, well, I don't think I know that's what it is. It's all like, you know, you pray and you have faith and you get your tithing. Well, you'll get blessings in return. And I was always like, what? I'm curious. Cause you hear these stories of people who are like, 
And then I paid 20, my last $10 to tithing, and then I was walking down the street, and I found a $20 bill. And I'm like, bitch, did that really happen? Or is this just a good, like, fast and testimony story? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, real- totally. And you know what? It's honestly disgusting to me what a big thing that um, I realized when I was reading that article was that they still, even though they're sitting on hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars, the church still tells people, their members who are in poverty, that they need to pay them instead of feed their family. And that's super disgusting and super unethical. Um, But these, these members still do it because, like you just said, they are told that they need to have faith that God will bless them if they pay their tithing. Um, and I've, I just think that, um, it's so immoral because they could say, well, we paid our tithing and we didn't get to eat for a week, but we got blessed. Like you, they could say that anything is a blessing. They could say the fact that the sun came up was a blessing. I feel like they can manipulate how the quote unquote blessings are given to where Anything in their life could be a blessing from God, even if they're starving to death. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's no, like, 100%. That makes sense. And I've heard it, those stories before. Where I even thought, like, eh, is that a blessing? Like, I feel like it was just something that happens on the norm. And yeah. you still lost 10% of your income and didn't get that back. So it, Yeah, it infuriates me. And I actually have this reminds me for later. Um I found a talk by David Bednar um, called Ask in Faith, and he kind of gives some examples of this that we can talk about because I got really mad when I read this talk because he does, he like frames blessings in a way where they could be anything, even when they're actually terrible. So, yeah. Um, He's such a kind. Isn't he the story that like... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) That makes me giggle. (laughs) Isn't he? I feel like that that listener who was telling us about how he worked in a hotel and um, had a lot of the apostles and general authority go through. I want to say like the worst one he he told us was about Elder Bednar. I could be wrong, but like how much of a dickhead he was. Yeah, and he's the one who, too, he has... There's that devotional where he hugs the little boy and, like, doesn't let the little boy go. And the little boy, like, starts to cry. Have you seen that? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's 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 horrifying. The poor little child is like, let me go. And he's, David Bednar is trying to, like, prove a point of, like, you're stuck on this side of your sin or whatever the hell. I can't, I don't remember it exactly, but. It's troubling. Go look it up on YouTube. It's gross. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm going to have to look this up. And I'm, I'm sure there are memes out there about it. Mm-hmm. I, um, okay. Wow. That's interesting. Um. Oh, that's the only thing. Sorry. This is a sad note, but it is relative. Um. Speaking about, like, how the church tells you to have faith and tithing and, like, these people who are in very, you know, impoverished states who are giving up their last amount of money, they can't eat food, blah, blah, blah. And they're basically being told like when the money doesn't come or the food doesn't come back, or they're still not, I'm doing air quotes, blessed. It's as if they're interpreting it 
as they're not righteous enough. They weren't faithful enough. They blah, blah, blah. When in reality, that's not the case at all. They were just manipulated by the church. And it makes me think of, I kept seeing a lot of things on social media recently that were saying like, for people to stop telling their parents to stop telling their kids that Santa Claus um, brings kid like really nice presents to only good kids because people oh, yeah. aren't in that situation and who are poor, like they're not going to wake up. There might be the most amazing kid ever great in school. And then they wake up with either nothing or a $5 gift. You know what I mean? And it's mm-hmm. like in their little minds thinking, Oh, I wasn't a good, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a really good thing. relation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's bastards. so true. Bastards. They all are. They yeah. are. Oh. Wow. Um, yeah, so I guess we have, I have up here the Articles of Faith. Um, if oh, we yeah. Want. Do you remember when we had to memorize those? Yeah, I bet when I read them, you'll get triggered into remembering. <laughs> and I bet everyone listening, if you grew up in the Mormon church, you'll be triggered too and start like repeating it. So for yeah. non-list, uh, non-Mormon listeners, <laughs> non-listeners. <laughs> Uh, non-Mormon, ex-Mormon listeners, Articles of Faith, or I think they're 13, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. 13. And they're like supposed to represent the basis or the, the core doctrine of the Mormon church. And you have to memorize them. I want to say in primary, right? It wasn't in seminary. I think it was in primary. Yeah, I believe I memorized mine in primary and they give you little rewards when you memorize them and yeah. Yeah. And these are all the things that you're supposed to, you believe in, and therefore you have to have faith in because none of these things can be proven at all. They're all faith-based. Oh my God. Okay, so article of faith number one. We believe in God, the eternal Father, and in his Son, Jesus Christ, and in the Holy Ghost. Okay. Okay, number two. We believe that men will be punished for their own sins and not for Adam's transgression. So um, this is where Mormon Mormonism is quite a bit different from every other Christian denomination is that um, they don't believe in original sin. They just believe that each person is accountable for their own sins. And that's why faith alone, like faith is a big part. But like Sarah was saying earlier, faith alone is not all that you have to do when you're a Mormon. You also have to go to the temple and do all these like covenants and rituals. Like you have to do the works. Um because faith is not enough to save you. <laughs> um, Katie, let's just quote it. Faith without works is dead. Oh, that's it. That's it. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you remembered. Oh, my God. <laughs> I do. For you listeners, that is a scripture, which I don't know which one it is. But, uh, yeah. Faith without know. works is dead, apparently. <laughs> even though what the hell even is faith, I don't even know. I think no, it's I know. Okay, we believe that through the atonement of Christ, all mankind may be saved by obedience to the laws and ordinances of the gospel. Obey, obey. Obey, you guys. We believe that the first principles and ordinances of of the gospel are, first, faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's the faith. Second, repentance. Third, baptism by immersion for the remission of sins. And fourth, Laying on of hands for the gift of the Holy Ghost. Whoa. So, so faith is first. And then you got to repent. And then you got to get baptized. 
Um, Like, let's brainwash you first. (laughs) Make sure you know that you, any, any, this is like any question that you ever have in the Mormon church can be answered with just have faith. Just have faith. If you don't, yeah, you just have faith. You don't need a real actual answer. Just have faith. Just have faith. That's it. we believe that a man must be called of God by prophecy and by the laying on of hands for those who are in authority to preach the gospel and administer the ordinances thereof. Ugh. So basically a wordy way of saying we believe that men are better than women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. That's all that and, is. And our, our um, the clergy in our church is the only real kind. All the other kinds are not real. Um. We believe we're in the, the only true church. We're the, old, the one true church, Sarah. <laughs> uh, we believe in the same organization that existed in the primitive church, namely apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and so forth. I don't so, remember that one. I wasn't yeah, a very righteous like, kid. Um, that's, I think that's referring to how they believe that the Mormon church is restored from when Jesus's time and like all the other ones aren't actually the right way of doing it. Oh, that's right. When Jesus went on holiday to Jesus went on holiday to yeah New York apparently. Um, we believe in the gift of tongues, prophecy, revelation, visions, healing, interpretation of tongues, and so forth. Oh, I do remember this one. I do. Which is I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, no. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, this is the one that... So, okay, growing up in the South, there are a lot of churches that have the laying on the hands, and then, like, people, like, start convulsing, and then, they like, their eyes roll on the back of their head, and they say they're filled with the Holy Spirit, right? And then they start speaking, like, a gibber- gibberish language. Yes! Oh, I was so happy you brought this up. I was going to ask you about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they would say they had the gift of tongues, like, that... Mm-hmm. Their interpretation of gifts of tongues is like speaking this gibberish language when you're like filled with the Holy Ghost with the Spirit, though. And then they would hit you on the forehead and you would usually fall back, like, or you put your hands in the air. And like, I've been to a few of these churches and it is a very uncomfortable feeling, even as a Mormon at that time. So you knew, you know, it's got to be uncomfortable if the Mormon in the room is feeling awkward. Um, <laughs> And it's like, because they like sing all these songs and you put your hands in the air and everyone's like, has their eyes in the back of their head and they're like, just just, like zombies. It's like terrifying. It seems like so much cooler and more entertaining than a Mormon service, though. Oh, it was. You didn't have to wear church clothes and people were like, they had like live bands on stage with like drums and guitars and I was like, shit, am I at a concert right now? Like, yeah, what that's a performance. I know. It was amazing. Um, but then I remember as a kid, this article of faith and being like, wait, so we believe in the gift of tongues too. And everyone always corrected me and being like, no, no, no. We're so much better than those other <laughs> churches because what we interpret the gift of tongues is to mean that like you're able to speak in actual languages. So like when our missionaries go out into the field and they serve in France, but they've never spoken a word of French before. They 
they land in France and automatically they're fluent. <laughs> like, it's not like they were trained in like a training center for three months to learn exactly, French. Exactly. But even then, they're not actually like, I mean, of course, they like are immersed in language for three months and and of course, you'll like you'll know quite a bit. But it's not like they're fluent in anything no. outside of Mormon no. doctrine talk and like missionary what they've like memorized from the missionary handbooks and stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's it's not the same thing at all. But yeah, so that's what they teach you in the Mormon church is that like that's what the gift of tongues means. Yeah, if you uh-huh. have enough, if you have enough faith, you'll be able to speak in a different language. You'll be able to have visions and like we've mentioned before on the podcast you'll be able to heal. I guess if you're a man, you can heal people with the priesthood, which is like faith healing, which I don't, I'm not here for. I think that's just horrible. It's like, go to a doctor if you need to get healed. Oh my God. But you guys, I do have a great story and I'm sorry if I offend people who actually believe in this. My apologies. I think it's hilarious. I'm sorry. It's so good. Although I feel like, uh, no, no one, I don't think anyone who listens to this podcast will know who this is because they're all very still like very devout Mormons. Okay. So when I moved here to Berlin, I became quite close with this German family and they, (laughs) they were very, very devout Mormons, like very like strict to the rules like parents were mission presidents and all that shit and (laughs) Katie I don't know if you've ever heard of this but (laughs) the mom was into like I don't know what the word is but basically like spiritual healing where she would like lay you down in a room and like read the your the signs and energy that your body was putting off and then she would do some things like incense or whatever and basically you would go from having a peanut allergy to being allergy free like that's what she would claim right what the hell okay I've heard of like <laughs> yeah. spiritual healers before and like reiki energy and all that stuff but they're never so like misguided as to tell someone that their allergy is gone that could kill someone I know yeah yeah she would say like your allergies would be gone or like if you had back problems all of a sudden it's like healed all this stuff and I was like I I tried so hard not to be (laughs) disrespectful of this family because they were like hard believers but this is the weirdest part that gets to it so (laughs) they believe that priesthood holders could be mediums for animals no yeah so like if an animal (laughs) is sick like cat or something like that they would basically like perform these this same spiritual healing thing or whatever but have like the priesthood involved somehow it was bizarre shit like her son was like so crazy (laughs) yeah and her son would like all of her sons would be involved in it and like her husband it was just like the weirdest thing and when I first heard it I thought it was a joke like I was like can't be serious but it's legit. Like she has their own little like office space set up and like a yeah a table just for this. Take, like take your damn cat to the vet, okay? I'm an animal lover, and if my little puppy love is not feeling good, there is no way I'm going to like do some. I don't know. Yeah, trust someone like that. You gotta take take them to the vet. 
Right? It was like the weirdest thing. But sorry, guys, we're on that tangent. But it's all oh. about like this whole gift of tongues and gift of healing and all of that shit. Like, it's still one of the most have, bizarre things I've ever heard. Like, it's just so weird because it's like, imagine you have a cold and she performs something on you and your cold goes away like it normally fucking would. She gets <laughs> exactly. the credit for, like, you being faithful. God blessed you, blah, blah, blah. But if something bad happens, like, say your cold worsens or you get bronchitis, oh, well, maybe you didn't have enough faith. Like, that's yeah. on you. Yeah. That's totally what the case was. And, like... And that goes with the whole, like, faith and priesthood blessings, too. Because, y'all, if you're Mormons and you're listening, or ex-Mormons, you know. Like, you all sit there, and we would I would get priesthood blessings when I was sick. And I'd be like, oh, if I'm faithful, I'm going to be healed right away. Like, or whatever situation, I just have to be faithful. I just have to be faithful. And it was never instant for me. It wasn't like I was really sick or dying or whatever. And then all of a sudden I get a blessing and boom, I'm like healed miraculously. No, it would take, it would like do its own course. And then I would, you know, heal or recover. But I was like, it was because of the blessing. Oh my God. Thank you, Celestial Jesus. <laughs> oh, okay, next one. We believe the Bible to be the word of God as far as it is translated correctly. <laughs> we also believe the Book of Mormon to be the word of God. So the Book of Mormon is the word of God. The Bible is only the word of God if it's translated correctly. So basically they can just pick and choose what they want from the Bible. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it's always been, even though it's like absolutely ludicrous that Joseph Smith like. <laughs> Yeah, I just can't get over the fact that he's that arrogant to be like, well, I wrote a book by sticking my head in a hat and just, you know, selling, like saying random shit to Oliver who wrote it down. But yeah. then these people who wrote the Bible, he's like, eh, I didn't write it. So I don't know. Uh, take it yeah. as take it as you want. But oh, yeah, J-Dog was not the most humble of fellows, was he? No. <laughs> We believe all that God has revealed, all that he does now reveal, and we believe that he will yet reveal many great and important things pertaining to the kingdom of God. So <laughs> I guess that just means we believe that he talks to our prophets and yeah, no one else, I guess. <laughs> and that they can randomly make split second decisions or say whatever they want and then just you know go back and correct it whenever it causes a huge oh, yeah, controversy yeah. god yeah. god told them that you shouldn't eat, drink anything that ends in chino that was important no <laughs> chinos <laughs> no chinos no ates <laughs> no ates <laughs> oh have you seen that meme that was like what was it? Like, we're not calling ourselves Exmos anymore. We're calling ourselves Latter-day Aints. <laughs> <laughs> no. I thought that was funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Amazing. Um, we believe in the literal gathering of Israel and the restoration of the ten tribes that Zion, the New Jerusalem, will be built upon the American continent, that Christ will reign personally upon the earth, and that the earth will be renewed and receive its paradisical glory. Oh, my God. 
You guys, again. That sounds like such a cult, like, doomsday crazy thing to hear. Exactly. And no wonder fucking Trump met with the leaders of the church recently. Like, it's all about America. It's great. And that's where... That's where Christ is coming back. Yeah. The Garden of Eden is in Missouri. The Garden of Eden is in Missouri. And, like, this is God's chosen land and chosen people because... Yeah, apparently America's just better than everyone. Ugh. (laughs) It's so absolutely ludicrous. Like, also, that is a side note, though. I did see where all these um, Mormon friends of mine have been posting about, like, oh, my God, President Trump met with um, the leaders of the church. How great is this? And I'm like, ew, why would you even, like, announce that or share that on your social media? Like, Why would you be proud of that? Yeah. Especially, that's the other thing that I just really blows my mind is when Mormons or other conservative religious people defend Trump and the things that he's said and does. And they're just like, oh, but that's his past. And I'm like, "Mm, is it? Like, he still says really horrendous things and talks about grabbing women by their pussy. And yet Mormons are like, he's the best. Oh, I can't. (laughs) I can't. Don't even get me started on that. No. We will not. We'll, we will not end this for a few hours. No. But yeah, I agree with you. Um, okay. We claim the privilege of worshiping Almighty God according to the dictates, dictates of our own conscience and allow all men the same privilege. Let them worship how, where, or what they may. Really? Yeah, though? Right. Really? When you try to get the laws changed to fit with your religion, that's not allowing them the same privilege. Sorry. No. Yeah. And you can't, as a woman, you can't fucking show up in pants, apparently. So you can't show up however you are. You can't worship however you want. Like, they give you specific, like, ways that you're supposed to pray. You can't even pray to, like, Heavenly Mother. No, and you can't even pray to God. It has to be Heavenly Father. True, yeah. You can't even use the word God. Ask. Oh. <laughs> yeah, isn't that the weirdest thing? I was always the weird kid growing up who, when I was asked to pray with, like, friends, I was like, dear Heavenly Father. And they're like, what the hell? They're like, why aren't you saying dear God? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, that's not normal. Oh. And instead of saying, like, in Jesus' name, amen, we'd be like, in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. <laughs> yep. Yep. Nourish and strengthen our bodies, please. <laughs> As we are about to partake of this donut and milkshake and topped with some Doritos, can you please have it nourish and strengthen our bodies? Okay, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Will you help us all drive home from mutual safe, even though it takes us two seconds to drive home? Oh, my God. So true. <laughs> okay, oh. last one. We believe in being subject to kings, presidents, rulers, and magistrates in obeying, honoring, and sustaining the law. Uh, Added polygamy fit in there for you, Morms. Uh, Yeah, that's true. And this was written, was this written before or after? I believe it was, oh, don't quote me on this. I believe it was before, though. I believe this was like Joseph Smith era. And then, yeah. And then they were like applying that, uh, one about listening to prophets. And they're like, well, God spoke to the prophet and said we need a polygamy. So yeah. I guess that one's out. Yeah. Like Brigham Young completely 
didn't follow this one at all. He was like, fuck the government. I'm out. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Joseph Smith tried to run for president, right? So He did, yeah. <laughs> oh, my, my. Um, so, yeah, those are the articles of faith that you memorize as a child and what you're supposed to have utter, complete faith in as a Mormon. Which, it is total brainwashing because until Katie and I just went through the articles of faith, I could not tell you what they meant as a kid. I just knew I had to memorize them. Yep, yep. And I had to follow them. But I never took a second to actually understand what that meant. Mm-mm. Me neither. Yeah, especially when you're, like, re- rewarded with a little sticker and a cookie every time you memorize it. Yeah, and then if you get so many stickers, we would have, like, a primary pizza party. Yes, I remember that. Oh, man. Every time we talk about this, I just remember, like, it, the idea of how much it's brainwashing keeps getting stronger and stronger. <laughs> oh, it's so much. It's like, oh, yeah. It's crazy to think about, like, how much of your childhood and adulthood and everything is wrapped up in these memories and these like brainwashing and like the things that you're taught and learn like it's insane when you actually think about it Mm -hmm. it really is mind-blowing for sure (sighs) mind blown so basically what we're saying is that we're like fucking martyrs for leaving the church (laughs) so we had but we had enough faith to continue You guys, uh, if, if I had enough energy to get my ass off the couch, I would read some of my journal entries, but I'll save them for another time where it's like every single time I'm going through a hard time when I was Mormon, I would always like complain about it. But then I would end with, but I know the church is true and I just need to have faith that the Lord will provide a way and he will answer my prayers. Like, it was, like, my way of being, like, oh, I can bitch for a little bit, but as long as I end it with, like, I just need to have faith. <laughs> That's the answer. And all of you who are ex-Mormon, you, I'm sure, are familiar with the fact that when you tried to leave the church or you first, talk, like, started talking to Mormons about it, everyone would say, give me the same answer. And I'm sure you can relate, Katie, of, like, well, you just need to have more faith and read the Book of Mormon. Yeah, exactly. Those are the two answers I would get most often is have faith and read the Book of Mormon. Yep. (laughs) Guys, imagine if in real life you just had a phrase like that that you could just apply to every (laughs) single situation. Any type of problem you have, like your check engine light comes on, just have faith. Have faith. Just have faith. You know, that creepy person driving down the road who's way too keen to offer you help? Just have just faith. Just have faith. Yeah. When he starts hacking your head off, just have faith. That's <laughs> not a big deal. <laughs> no biggie, you know? That took a turn. <laughs> Yikes. Um, um, anything so else I, on faith? <laughs> I have this. I have this... Um, Talk, I want to read you a little bit of it just so you guys can feel the rage with me. (laughs) This was given by David A. Bednar, one of our, oh, he's gross, but um, it's called Ask in Faith. And um, so he basically starts it out by saying that the classic example of asking for something in faith was Joseph Smith asking God, like, during the first vision, right, asking 
what church should I follow? Um, and so he goes and he talks about how great Joseph Smith is. And he says, you know, he basically gives this background of like, you know, you should always have faith when you're when you're saying a prayer, like, and you should have faith when you're questioning anything about the church. And so he gives some examples. Um, so I want to read these two examples because, oh, okay. So he says, this example emphasizes the importance of preserving through the trial of our faith. A few years ago, a family traveled to Europe from the United States. Shortly after arriving, their 13 year old son became quite ill. The mother and father initially thought this upset stomach upset stomach was caused by fatigue from the long flight, and the family continued on its journey. As the day continued, the son's condition became worse. Dehydration was increasing. So the father gave his son a priesthood blessing, but no improvement was immediately evident. Several hours passed by, and the mother knelt by her son's side, pleading in prayer to Heavenly Father for the boy's well-being. They were far from home in an unfamiliar country and did not know how to obtain medical assistance. The mother asked her son if he would like to pray with her. She knew that merely waiting for the anticipated blessing would not be enough. They needed to continue to act. Explaining that the blessing he had received was still in effect, she should, she suggested again petitioning in prayer, as did the ancient apostles. And the prayer included a profession of trust in priesthood power and a commitment to persevere in doing whatever might be required for the blessing to be honored if that blessing at that time was in accordance with God's will. And shortly after they offered this prayer, the son's condition improved. The faithful action of the mother and her son helped to invite the promised priesthood power and part and in part satisfied the requirement that we dispute not because we see not, for we receive no witness until after the trial of our faith. So, oh my God, that reminded me of what you were saying of like how people are rewarded after they've gone through a trial, like, oh, they had faith. And but that also is terrifying. He's giving that as an example instead of like, you're in Europe, there are doctors in Europe. You know, That's you can the first go thing I thought of when she's like, and I didn't know how to get medical help in a foreign. It's like, bitch, you're in Europe. You're not in a third world country. Exactly. Like, exactly. Medical, you know, hospitals, doctors everywhere. It's oh, my God, I can't even. Yeah. And it's just like so the dad gave this priesthood blessing. And since the mother and the son were faithful and believed in the priesthood, then he was like saved and he wasn't sick anymore it's gross but Kate it gets worse listen to this okay my next example highlights the importance of recognizing and accepting the will of God in our lives several years ago there was a young father who had been active in the church as a boy but had chosen a different path during his teenage years after serving in the military he married a lovely girl and soon had children One day, without warning, their little four-year-old daughter became critically ill and was hospitalized. In desperation and for the first time in many years, the father was found on his knees in prayer, asking that the life of his daughter be spared. Yet her condition worsened. Gradually, this father sensed that his little girl would not live, and slowly his prayers changed. He no longer prayed for healing, but rather for understanding. Let thy will be done was now the manner of his pleadings. Soon his daughter was in a coma, and the father knew her hours on earth were few. Fortified with understanding, trust, and power beyond their own, 
The young parents prayed again, asking for the opportunity to hold her close once more while she was awake. The daughter's eyes briefly opened and her frail arms reached out to her parents for one final embrace. And then she was gone. This father knew that his prayers had been answered. A kind, compassionate father in heaven had comforted their hearts. God's will had been done and they had gained understanding. (gasps) Can you even believe? I can't even believe that. Oh, my God. Like. What an asshole. I just... I. It's so dismissive to that family and their grief that they went through. Like, it's... It's so horrifying. There's so much wrong with this. So, like, first of all, he he basically had to point out that the father left the church. And so that's kind of insinuating, like, the father didn't give her a priesthood blessing. He just prayed. Yeah, exactly. And then he's using this as one of those examples of like, well, Heavenly Father still did answer your prayer by letting her hug you one last time. But then she still died. Like, what the fuck? That's not a compassionate father in heaven. That's horrible. Yeah, it's like, I'll let you say goodbye, but she's still she's still got to die. So uh, but here's one last gift for you. Imagine that as a person in a movie. Like, yeah, you can hug your daughter one last time, but I'm still going to kill her. <gasps> wow. Like, I just, I felt sick when I read that. And I, it really showcased how, I think if I was Mormon, I probably would have thought like, oh, that's sad, but that's sweet or something along those lines. And now that I'm out, I'm like, wow, that's absolutely unacceptable. I no. It's horrendous. When when was this talk written? Because I'm curious to know if like I was in. Um, it doesn't say the date. I oh maybe it says at the bottom here. Let me scroll down. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But it. I mean the there's a video of it and it looks pretty recent. So. Oh. Oh my God. Because if I were to have read that as I'm just trying to think of like how I would have responded and I'm pretty sure I'd be like. Oh, what a great story of faith. (laughs) Like they had faith and they could say goodbye to their daughter. Oh, it makes me feel so sad. And yeah, it's a huge thing in the church. And that's, I think it's harmful because the idea of faith can shape anything in your life to, to be, you can look at it in a good light for the church, if that makes sense. Like, like this, for example, a death of a young child that would be just horrible to most people but and I'm sure it was to that family but he's framing it as still a blessing and a good thing and it's God's will like exactly and it's always that that idea I think we've talked about it before but this you know you get blessed with you know the the trial of your faith or whatever and blah 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 but then it's also this idea that like if you're not that worthy or whatever you don't get the blessing but in reality it's just because they didn't have they didn't go to the fucking doctor doesn't it's not the kids fault or you know what I mean it's just yeah and I just think that the whole idea of faith is like just harmful in general because I think that faith is not a good way it's obviously not a good way or a reliable way to know anything it's not a good way to come to knowledge or 
to truth or even to anything, you know, ethically sound. Like it's, you can believe anything on the basis of faith. So I don't think that it has, I really don't think it has much value. Like, I guess that could be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think that it creates progress or harmony or really anything except for blind obedience and sometimes really bad, bad religious situations that I don't think are good. Yeah, exactly. Because anyone could just say like, you know, oh, I killed this person because God told me to or the prophet told me to and I have to have faith in the prophet. You know what I mean? Like any of that, just have faith. I mean, I know that's a broad statement and that could be applied in any situation, but I think it is true. And it's this matter of you as a Mormon, you just become really comfortable with that with just accepting things as they are without questioning it because you're told to just have faith. Yeah, yeah. Which is totally what I did. Oh, I did it too. I did it too. But isn't it so much nicer not doing it now? Like, yeah, sometimes things can be, I guess you're like, well, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm not going to immediately jump to like, oh, well, just have faith or I'll just believe what some organization tells me. Like you find it out for yourself. So. Yeah, or not having this. I've recently thought about this too of, of this, the freedom of making your own decision without waiting for God to tell you where to go or where to lead you, and then having faith and blah. blah. I mean, it's still terrifying as hell having to make your own big life decisions. Mm-hmm. But I don't have this paralyzing fear of like, oh my God, maybe maybe I'm making the wrong decision, and and I'm not like righteous enough or faithful enough, and if I make their own decision, then I'm going to fuck up my life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's the freedom is nice for sure. Yikes, you guys. Well, on that note, I don't know if you have anything else you want to say, but I think I'm good. I'm I got fired up enough about the idea of faith. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that's, that's it for me. Um, yeah, everyone have a lovely break the next two weeks. And like I said, whatever you're doing, um, I'm a, you know, if you're celebrating Christmas or New Year's or literally whatever, it doesn't have to be any of those things. But just enjoy the next two weeks without yeah. hearing our lovely voices once a week. <laughs> Bye, yeah. Yeah, feel free to write to us. Feel free to join us on Patreon if you want. But until, I guess, next year... Oh my god, until 2020. And just a little reminder, you guys, we started this podcast in 2018. Oh, we're about to turn two. (gasps) It really will be our two-year anniversary in February. I think that's when we recorded the first episode. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Oh my god, you guys, we did it. Um, (laughs) Okay, um, have a lovely two weeks, you guys. All right, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.